welcome to this shit show. Um, <laughs> I would say, oh God, we've got to be PG-13, but... It's our podcast, we can do what we like. <laughs> this isn't democracy, this is a dictatorship. Um, welcome to Row on the Row. Row on the Row, God. a billionaire's row podcast. Row on the Row, because how do you pronounce our play? No one knows. Not me, that's for sure. I not, don't know. Not the writer. I am Max. I am the director for this Mifters play. And I'm Joel. I'm the writer and assistant director and also the dramaturg for this play. I do forget that that is your role. <laughs> um, what does a dramaturg do exactly? I don't know. Well, it's, you know, take... something something to do with the text. Yeah, didn't take the module. It's real. Soz babes. So, yes, um, if you can't tell, this is going to be um, a work in progress podcast. But the reason why we wanted to do this was, one, it is such a naturally fantastic way to market ourselves and to show that we're interesting and hip. And you should totally come see our play, guys. Oh, my God. Are, you, are we putting on a play? Oh, my goodness. Maybe. Potentially uh, in about three weeks' time. Fuck. But no, um, it's also hopefully a great way that we are able to document our progress when it comes to making this play, as well as... A really nice opportunity for you, the viewer, the reader, the listener, listener. the listener to to get to have a feel of our play before you spend your well-earned cash on us. But to, I guess, more intimately explore the themes um, that are present in the play. So firstly, um, I'm going to pass it over to you, our lovely writer. Hello. Tell me what the fuck this is about. (laughs) So it's called Billionaire's Row. And that's because it's about a bunch of billionaires. There's five billionaires, they're plucked from across history, and they're placed into a tiny little room with cameras all around them. And they're being watched by the audience who vote on whether they think they're guilty or not for having too much wealth. Wait, wait, I'm going to try the soundboard. Is it this one? Okay, that goes on for a fucking long time. I guess, firstly, it'd be fun to talk about sort of the, some of the inspirations you had and um, the, not the form, the life cycle. Where did this play start? I guess what, is what I'm trying to eloquently say. <laughs> yes, so I originally wrote this back in the end of year 13, a long time ago now, I can barely remember it. But it was as part of the New Views competition by the National Theatre. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came into our school and we were very lucky to get to enter it. They came into your school? They did. Well, you know, we were entered into it and uh, a writer came in and gave us some help. How was your writer? Because I, um, I failed trying to submit a, tr- a play of mine into it. Funnily enough, I was not diagnosed with ADHD, dyslexia or dyspraxia yet. <laughs> so um, to my absolute shock and horror, in the what, the three, four month span of New Views writing, yeah. I did not write a page. <laughs> I just had vibes, but not a single thought, head empty. <laughs> yeah, so we had someone come in, but it was very, it was quite impersonal. Mm. Um, obviously there's our whole class and then there's Presumably they also go to other schools. So they did sort of a vague workshop where they introduced how to come up with characters and ideas. And then once we had a first draft, we sent it off to them and they gave us notes, which mm-hmm. was very helpful, but not. it wasn't a guidance of such as more yeah. oh, Okay, that's comments. cool. So unlike me, um, who did not submit you on the other hand, are on the on the other hand, you're a little bit of a success story, aren't you, cheeky bugger? What can I say? Yes. So I got shortlisted for the play, which was. Um. Thank you. Oh no! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> it's too much, please. No, stop. No, go on. Don't. No. Oh, stop it. You make me blush. <laughs> yeah, shortlisted. Yes. So even though it was COVID times, it was sad um, COVID times. Yeah. So you got, if I remember correctly, about COVID, one play is chosen to be uh, produced. Uh, 
put on. Yes. Um, but typically, the shortlisted plays, there would be a reading in the afternoon that happened before the play. Yeah, they get like, like, a, like a rehearsed reading. They have the scripts on them, but it's like a sort of relaxed performance, I guess you would say. Yeah. So it was COVID, so they didn't quite get to do this, but I still got a very similar sort of rehearsed reading over Zoom, which is a very interesting thing to get to do, actually, because it's very weird to put drama online, but, you know, it worked yeah. fairly well. There were some, like, I remember you telling me about this, and I know that you have it stashed away somewhere <laughs> in your little <laughs> keep safe, um, but there are a couple of well-known actors well known <laughs> there was um one of the actors for from Cruella was on yes. your little zoom yeah he was in Cruella I don't know um, if this is highly confidential I don't know they released a cast list it's probably the fine. red dot just <laughs> I'm not allowed to share it yes. publicly I'm afraid yeah publicly I've been told um <laughs> Yes, couple couple of very they were all very cool. Uh, a couple of them I recognised from yeah. before, which was very cool. Yeah, um, but that's quite fun. And I guess going into assistant directing it, um, yes. it's interesting now that you have um, actors who have bodies to express yes. with. It's no longer just faces. Yeah, tell me a bit about your inspiration for this, because I mean, I think from the get go, because I've I've known about this play, I think. Just like just before Mifters, because I I, yes. um, I knew you wanted to produce this play, and you gave me I got the exclusive script just before you before you submitted no, before for, I submitted it yeah for for new views or for Mifters ever uh, for Mifters yeah okay but I I knew pretty early um, on that one of the clear inspirations for this is um, Carol Churchill's Top Girls yes that is right. If you don't know the plot summary for that, why are you listening to this podcast? Um, <laughs> Go away and watch that first. <laughs> I know my favorite, my favorite thing was just as we were starting art rehearsals, like um, I gave you as your director, I gave you like um, a completion date for your script to be the 19th, I think. Yes. And um, I saw like the night before, oh, I see Top Girls has been um, watched on Letterboxd. <laughs> it's been given five stars. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. That could be related mm, How interesting. To. Um, but yeah, obviously the, the most similar aspects in the play between the two plays are the fact that Top Girls, it's almost split in to two acts really one takes place it's a a reunion dinner party of sorts yes between party. they're all fictional characters aren't they yes they are they're all fictional yeah but one is one is their present day mother and then act two takes place in the mum's home yes and they the, get whole, home. And I mean, the, the wanna... office as well yeah oh that's it yeah the the second part going back to reality i use that with bunny fingers <laughs> but yeah that is based in familial drama what else have you taken from uh top girls yeah um so obviously the idea of these characters because they were from i think different historical periods as well um and i really like that idea of a grouping together of people but i also really like sort of the stylistic parts of top girls there's a lot of things called cross-cutting but where the characters talk over each other which is something I really introduced into into my text into my writing because I think it's such a cool and realistic thing because people do cut into each other don't they when you're talking you yeah. talk over each other and I really like that I thought it was interesting and perhaps this is just because I hadn't seen that much but it wasn't really something I'd seen loads in a lot of theatre I felt like before that I always thought theatre had to be one person speaks and then another person speaks and maybe there's a pause but that's it they're two distinct lines mm, yeah um, following at your thought, I guess it's interesting that not only is it the the fact that language overlaps in something like Top Girls, but because they are characters who have been taken from different aspects of uh, history, they're obviously not going to understand each other. 
and it's not only you know not only is it that you know you're you're presented with all these really interesting characters that just because of the way that plays are written usually you're not going to get this really fun interaction but it's the the misunderstanding that these women have with each other the the relationships that are so clearly presented on stage um yeah i think uh, the the main character's just about to get a promotion um or she's just been promoted to a high position and the play looks at how people react to that yeah. you know her female colleagues uh, so there are no male characters in the play no male yes. actors yeah. either um they still have their influence there's a point where one of the characters comes on and pleads for marlene i think is the character to reject this this position because her husband wouldn't like it yeah and i think it's really interesting to think about how men have got such a chokehold on everything really especially yeah. historically but yeah men <laughs> oh no shit uh, wrong one um nope Yes. We got there eventually. Okay. <laughs> Shit. I fucking hate this sound. Men, am I right? Thank you. That's perfect. Yeah. In Top Girls, they have a unifying part of being a woman unites them. Mm-hmm. These struggles that they face. Whereas in Billionaires Row, the only thing really that they all have in similar is that they're rich. And they're all in different ways and they have different beliefs about it. And the whole concept of this game show that they're in turns it against them. And so that they really don't have anything in common. They're all just fighting amongst each other over who they think is better, who's more innocent, who's more guilty. Another thing I have to ask, where did the idea for a game show come from? Because the idea of a a death game is so popular within our our society. When we were casting, Squid Game was still a massive thing. Yeah. I mean, it is now. Um, they're already planning a squid universe. So um, still a big thing. But, you know, anyone, it was what anyone would talk about. You know, Death Game has always been a thing. It's been like a very popular genre for about, I'm going to say 25, 30 years with Battle Royale being one. Yeah, but like, um, Yeah, the Hunger Games. But also like Saw, even harkening back to episodes of The Twilight Zone, where did the idea for exploring reality TV come from? I guess so I used to watch I'm a Celeb, Get Me Out of Here. Oh, God, yeah. Um, and I haven't actually watched it. I've only seen clips, but things like Big Brother. Yeah. And I thought it was very interesting how much power the audience sometimes have. Yeah. And I know often it's rigged and there's all sorts of producing going on behind the scenes. Yeah. But I thought it would be interesting to see where that could take you. How much power can you give to an audience yeah. who are just sitting at home voting on their phones or whatever? on sort of what they want to happen, what they think is yeah should be next. I feel like um, now is an appropriate time to ashamedly pronounce our love for Drag Race. Um, <laughs> Drag Race has been such a phenomenon for the good past couple of years, but I would say out of any reality TV show, I think if you even have the slightest love for Drag Race, you become educated on how badly rigging is and yeah. the idea of narratives created by uh, producers. Now the fact that, you know, there are eight seasons a year, I think you become inherently aware but then like with that we're being aware like which queens are trying to produce themselves almost and i feel like we're still in the rehearsal process but i think the most interesting thing about the character lucy interesting thing about her is she is our molly may if you will yes she has innate an innate understanding of the role she plays and billionaire's row very quickly devolves into a game of manipulation and lucy without giving any spoilers away, but Lucy is always keenly aware of 
the audience on her and how her reactions will read. So it's a really interesting thing of, as an audience member, if you, if you track her, it's whether you believe or not she is being authentic in herself. Because I feel like we are exploring moments where she's completely manufacturing herself, but there are real moments of vulnerability because, like everyone, she's holding a good face, putting on a strong front. Yes. Now is a good moment to transition. Wait, wait, wait. Transition to talking about, I guess, how rehearsals are going for us. Yeah. We've only got three weeks left, which is uh, slightly terrifying. Just a little bit. Going into this, like, we haven't really worked together before. No, I don't think so. I wouldn't say so. However, I don't want to jinx this because, you know, touch, touch all the wood, touch the soundboard. But I think we're making good progress as well. Yeah. We are currently in, I guess, our development week. Yeah. It's happened quite um, smoothly. First week of rehearsals was a read-through, an update of the script. And then last week for us was our blocking week. Yeah. Where we just went through scenes, uh, very lightly discussed maybe physicality and what we want to do. Um, Movement. Yeah, discussing motivation, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then now, partially because our dear Lucy, Guilia. Julia. Guilia. Guilia. <laughs> um, also, if you're listening to this, hope you made it back safe, babes, from the Berlin plane. Please don't die. It'd really suck having to recast you. And also, we would be sad. I would yes. like to put out there. Yes, we would be. <laughs> <But> <laughs> what a caring director you are. And friend. Editor's note, yes. We'd be very sad if you died, Julia. Our Julia is having a right good old time with um, some Ryanair fly tickets. Yeah. Popped off to Berlin for a week. Very jealous. I am. Well, I'm not, actually, because I've got a um, a lovely massage booked this yes, week. Yes, you do. I do indeed. I've been telling everyone about this. <laughs> fucking fed up with me. But yeah, it just felt like a, a natural rest period after blocking. We are, on a di- we are on a very tight deadline, but now this is a period where we can work on physicality. We can work on your character relationships. Basically, we want to prep our actors with as much support so that they feel comfortable in exploring their characters. Yes. And I guess... I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to uh, flex too much. I don't want to <laughs> pat ourselves on the back when we've yeah. still got three weeks of rehearsal. Yeah. But I hope we are creating an environment where you know our actors feel like they are able to contribute to their characters as much as we do. I feel like we have discussions with them, don't we? It's not all yeah. Do this, do that. It's you know we like to ask them sort of their perspective on the characters, yeah. what they think might be going on, what they might do, and I think as well as being helpful for them, it's helpful for us understand so where everyone stands and and to take in sort of even more ideas about where we want the show to go we can take that on board as we think about how we want the overall show to look and to be Mm -hmm. um because i i just love sharing ideas creatively i think it really improves the process yeah i'd like i'd like i would like to think we did that yeah again could be completely delusional i'm on very little sleep um (laughs) as we all are but I really hope I really hope we have created the open dialogue. But I mean, this isn't obvious, but the success of our play is completely reliant on the talents of our actors as well. Yes, we've really tried to make it a very like open and fun environment. Mm. We've had some. <laughs> this is me slagging off our lovely producer Connor, but we've had some <laughs> hellish starts to our rehearsals. As in, we had what three early early morning <laughs> rehearsals in a row. That I think bonded us through trauma. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but like these have been very early, very long rehearsal periods. But I think the way that we've been able to move so quickly, in blocking at least, is constantly do checkups. We play Uno. We 
You do. Every time I manage to remember <laughs> to bring it. <laughs> Keeping it light and just removing the idea so much that there is a massive difference yes. in the role that I play as a director and the role that they play as the actor. Another reason why it's so important to create like an open dialogue is, you know, the play does deal with disturbing um, issues. I wouldn't say, I would say it's one of like, if, if you asked to give it a TV rating, it's like nothing in particular. It's probably a 12 or a 15. It's just a lot of implied violence. <laughs> Lots of implications, yeah. Implications, yeah. <laughs> and a bit of onstage violence. Only a little. Do we abuse some kiddies? Who knows? It's up <laughs> yeah. for you to decide. It's a metaphor. Yeah. But no, I think we, at least we try to create a, a caring environment. We always open our rehearsals, uh, yeah. as well as uh, Game of Uno, if we have it, with yeah. sort of checking in. Everyone yeah. says how they're doing. And then we like to do a little fun fact or something yes. we're doing or feeling at the moment. Yeah. Oh, we should do it for this podcast as oh, well. That's a good idea, isn't it? Um, the three questions we had today were how we're doing, yep. always important, song uh, we'd recommend, yep. film or TV show that we've been watching soon, uh, recently, and then which Mario Kart character you'd play as. So I think that covered all the bases. Very telling, the last one. Yes. Well, no, it's important because, you know, we've got to prep for the rap party. Exactly. Our dear Hallie, her, her birthday is... Oh, it's not It's not the first performance the, now. I think it's the dress, mid... The one before. Yeah. We've got we've to do her justice. Absolutely. And I have just recently... I was gifted my Wii U back um, in, like, November time when my parents came up. Oh. But only now have I decided to, oh, let's plug it in. <laughs> um, so, consequently, I spent 11 quid buying all the expansion packs for Mario Kart 8. Incredible. I got Mario Party 10 for you, baby. Oh, Come on, let's... You're too kind to us. And they say I'm not the best director, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you guys are considering to vote best director for the Mifters, a stray vote would not harm going my way, you know. I'm humble. I'm engaged with my... I'm engaged with my cast members. I treat them like human beings. I let them have toilet breaks. Come on, folks. What more do you want? Thank you for tuning in to The Max Show. Our next book <laughs> will be explaining why Max should get an OBE. Oh, stop it. I'm far too humble for an OBE. Of course. I'll, I'll head for an, an EGOT first. Yeah, of course, thinks. yes. One step at a time. Yes, you know, got to, you know, baby steps, yeah. you know. But <laughs> this is my issue. I destabilise this so quickly. We've gone off track. It's fine. It's been fun. <laughs> Has it? Well, the red dot. Know. The red dot increases. <laughs> yeah, well, moving on. Um, so we... <laughs> oh, no, that didn't sound how I wanted it to. Um, well, you know. No, don't worry. If anyone's coming off the cunt, it's me. <laughs> um, the, the concluding point was why it's so important yes. <laughs> that we create this environment where collaboration is encouraged is, I'll be honest, I am. I do not know anything. Have I even read the script? No. I haven't even read the script. <laughs> but yeah, this is my first time directing and I'm so grateful for uh, such a good project for it to be my first directed debut. But sometimes my, my direction might be completely misguided. Having that collaboration and making our actors feel comfortable where they feel they can contribute, it sort of emboldens in the right word, but it, it, it enriches our play. Yeah. Because there are choices and there there is intention made behind every direction as a result. Yes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we all have our roles in the, in the production. Yeah, no, of course. But all of us, we're all here at the university. We've all done things, you know... Mm. We've all allegedly oh, got in. Supposedly. Mm. Some of us did not do A-levels, but that's unrelated. <laughs> but, you know, we all have experience. Yeah. And just because we've been put in the role of director or whatever doesn't necessarily mean that we know everything yeah. and that no one else can have an opinion. Yeah, and just because our actors have been put into the role of actor doesn't mean they're actually going to act. <laughs> Two-man show. Me and Joel, come join. 
Yeah, sorry guys. If you're listening to this, we have cut you all. Uh, we yes. should have told you in rehearsal, but you know, it but slipped my mind. Bring out next time <laughs> during our Uno game. <laughs> yes. Um, well, uh, talking of casting yes. um, and having a cast, we had some specific. Yes. Uh, um, I feel like I want to congratulate you on such a good transition. on so fucking long <laughs> but what yes what a beautifully smooth transition to discuss what went into casting immediately we we both agreed on the idea of blind casting i think yeah. i'd say i would say specifically gender blind casting but it applied to everything we both had the very strong intention of blind casting not only just because we wanted to open this up as an opportunity for everyone but also it stated within your uh, script specifically actors who resemble an aspect of the character be cast so as not to stereotype them immediately or have um, inherent bias against uh, them so explain to me that Mm. yeah well so obviously a part of it is that apart from lucy they're all white men Mm. as rich people tend to be and have been sorry history part of that was opening it up but also the woman was too shocked to speak (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah but also i think when you see people walk on stage, you make assumptions about them. Mm. And especially when it's a play about people that, especially among sort of student groups, are generally disliked. And I wanted to make sure that the characters were disliked because of who they are or what they'd done rather than what they looked like. Mm. So I, I wanted the actors to have an aspect similar, to be some way to find a way to connect to the characters, as I you know, I think that is always important. But also that they were in at least one major way or a couple different to the character. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Uh, firstly, I, I think we're going to have to preface everyone who auditioned was fantastic. It was genuinely our, very impressive. Our actors were fantastic. We had such specificity for yes. casting. We were looking for something very specific and we didn't really know exactly what it was until we yeah. saw it in yeah. most of the cases, really. I think it's very interesting because through no fault of their own, you know, I think it's a... A difficulty within the idea of gender-blind casting mm-hmm. is, you know, we said on the auditions, mm-hmm. we'd like it to be gender-blind, you can audition for any role. Yeah. But the assumption that comes with that is sort of, oh, girls can play boy parts. Yeah, it's... um, I, I continue with that thought process. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to emphatically go, mm, yeah, mm, yeah, babes. Absolutely. And so we got a lot of people coming in, and they auditioned really well, but mm. it was always sort of a girl would go for... A man's part, but we got one or two, perhaps total across the days, of men going for women's parts for yeah for Lucy, which was something we were interested in exploring. Yeah, it is very interesting that it seems that femininity is such a, an inherent performance. When guys audition, there is sometimes difficulty in that where it seems unnatural. You know, saddled with the fact that we are so specific in what we're looking for. It was very difficult to sort of imagine Lucy as anyone else then, um, our Julia. But, um, you know, don't say we didn't try. (laughs) Um, At the end of the day, I'd say we're quite happy. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Do we have any more thoughts for that? I'll just make a brief disclaimer that other genders are available. (laughs) Other genders are available? I'm sorry to pick it up from the vending machine. Yeah. Yeah, I guess just to finish this little tangent off is... Casting was a very difficult process. Everyone was fantastic. We have a fantastic set of actors. These are just the opinions of our own that we do hold. And uh, they sort of reflect the struggles with casting. And that blind casting was the way we're able to get up such a great cast. 
guess we can circle back to how rehearsals are going right now. Yeah. Which is like, I think the difficulties of being a first time director, sometimes I can like, fingers crossed, I can only hope that the rehearsal will be productive. There was a moment in, I think, the last half hour where I was like, this is not, <laughs> this is a bit of a... I'm going to use and abuse these so much. Um, I feel like we all felt it, but I stand, I stand by my little exercise. I think they were, <laughs> I think they were helpful, but I think there does reach a point. The flamingo. <laughs> especially after everyone's just finished exams and... You know, this it is sort of a crashing time, you yeah. know, just before semester two starts. Everyone's sort of tired and... Yeah. So yeah, to give context, we worked on physicality specifically uh, during this session. And, you know, the wealth of knowledge I have of physicality comes mainly from my GCSE teaching of uh, Commedia dell'arte, a 72 masters. So I was an absolute pro. <laughs> <laughs> the only issue with that is after I just made the off comment... <laughs> To Hallie, um, who is playing Michael, I was like, so what animal do you think you'd be? And I just set off a chain reaction. (laughs) (laughs) And so we asked. So the exercise was walking around the room in different states. Zero is your state. Five is like the neutral state for your character. And ten is the most exaggerated comedic dell'arte physicality you can possibly imagine. And then we, we repeated that exercise, but we did it with the animals. And then I made the loony suggestion of pretend you're a predator and you're trying to get your prey, but you're prey to this predator. Um, See, so yeah, I think, I, I think mummy needed, um, mummy needed five minutes to herself and you gladly took over directorial <laughs> duties for um, the last, <laughs> the final moments. Yeah. There is, there's method to my madness. Um, yeah. How is it like being a, an assistant director for you? How do you um how are you finding the responsibilities? I guess um I've done a lot of talking about myself about how I feel like our directing's going. How do you feel? You know, confront me, cancel it's awful. me. It's so bad. You no. know, hold me accountable, <laughs> please. I think it's good. I've done a bit, so I've done like co-directing and mm-hmm. like sort of assistant directing before. Yeah, because um, um you were part of the Shakespeare Society's. Well, as, as it, you like it. As you like it. Yeah. Um, as officially, I was producer, but I, I sort of stepped in as a yeah. co or assistant. Potato, director. potato. Exactly, same thing. Yeah. I have a, a little habit of collecting roles to myself. <laughs> Come on, Thanos. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, so I'd done a bit before, but I've never taken on a full director role. Mm. Um, so, you know, I wanted someone who could come in and, and do that. And I was very happy I got you because mm. uh, we do work well together. So um, well. Even if maybe you don't know what you're doing, I think you do well with it. It's For me, it's finding that balance between what each of us does. Because yeah. I don't want to step in and too much and sort of take away from your role because, you, you know, you are the director. But I mm. also don't want to just sit back and not do anything. Yeah, no. How do you think um, your role as dramaturg as well? How is that informing your direction? And please, someone explain to me what a dramaturg is. Yeah, I think from my understanding... Is a dramaturg um, <laughs> limited understanding? I, I don't know much. Neither of us are taking the course unit. No, not at all. Fourth. But I think it's about sort of looking after the script and ensuring that it is translated properly onto stage. And especially because we did the rewrite, that's yes. sort of something that a dramaturg undertakes or helps with. And I think feeding into my role as assistant director, I am sort of 
the play person, I guess. Yeah. So when they have questions, they'll ask you about, should I do this? Yeah. You know, what's happening here? But I sort of handle the what's going on. Yeah. Why is my character like this sort of things? Yeah. So it's sort of the more, I guess, almost theoretical side of, yeah. of everything. And I think that works quite well. This is me asking you a personal question, confronting you <laughs> live on air. Do you have the, uh, the ADD, the ADHDs? Who knows? See. Undiagnosed. Oh, add a little spice, spice of life. <laughs> but I think that, that works quite well because knowing, knowing myself or like being um, slightly self-aware, I know that I am almost, I'm what they call a visual learner. So sometimes if you're answering questions and you're sort of like writing notes and you're like refining everything, sometimes I just have to get up and I have to go, no, I want you to go here. And like, I want you to curve your movement. Yeah. And I want you to give camp without giving the essence of camp. Give it a little mm. owl pussycat, pussycat, you know. Yes. Be a meerkat, please. I, I think we do represent our roles very well. Because you go in and you... You, yeah. you know, you show the actors what you do, what they want you, what you want yeah. them to do, and sort of, you know, you're onto the stage and and helping demonstrate things. Yeah. And I sit there at the table with my my script and my notebook, writing things down. Yeah, this just turned into compliment o'clock. <laughs> this is what I need. This is my love language. Just being told I'm worthy. Thank you for tuning into the Max podcast. Oh, stop it! <laughs> with the variety hour of Joe. <laughs> Drop, fuck me, Joe. So but I actually quit now. I just do not know my name. I do not know my assistant director well, clearly. <laughs> but yeah, I guess to to immediately date this podcast, we have about three weeks left of this. What are we looking forward to as uh, directors to our plays progression? Progression, and what are we? What are our current issues? We are in the King's Arms as yes. our venue, which is very exciting. However, I have not been there. No, and neither. I believe neither have you. But luckily, I believe our lovely, our wonderful producer, Connor and uh, Amy, our lovely designer, they are making plans to go to the King's Arms sometime this week. Yes. But also, we are very fortunate to have Hallie as Michael, once again, in our production. But fun thing about Hallie, she is uh, multi-talented. <laughs> she was also a producer for I Don't Feel Anything yes. in last semester's Fringe, which means she has all the schematics we need for set design. She's a lovely gal. Very helpful. So yeah, I guess uh, we also have an appointment tomorrow with our with the wardrobe mistress. You do? I believe her name is Nim, but I might have to edit this out if it isn't. <laughs> um, so that is very exciting because... Yeah. When we did our budget um, proposal early January time, we hadn't the fucking foggiest because we are... Set design's one thing. Advertising is one thing. But our costumes? We have to costume a pope, a king, a general, a businessman, and Molly May. <laughs> um, so it is fun seeing what will be in the wardrobe archive tomorrow. Because uh, the wardrobe wasn't open, was it? No, we no, were no. Doing our... Um, only open during school hours, uni hours, and sort of also only every Wednesday. I think we're going to strike gold on a couple of things. Um, please touch all the wood. Touch all the wood. I mean, costuming as well. I mean, again, um, this is sort of stepping into sort of um, Amy's direction and vision, but it is quite fun. Like um, sort of tennis balling, volleying. Yes. Words. Same thing. Um, it's quite fun volume pack ideas that we um yeah. that we have like for the costumes. Um specifically I think one that we've had a lot of fun with um is Lucy. Because I remember I can't remember the girl's name to save my life. Um but there was one girl who auditioned for us 
And as soon as we left, as soon as she left, it was like, oh my goodness, she's fantastic. But also that's ex- like, we, we both saw that as how um, Lucy dresses. Yes. Um, if I remember, it was like, you know, sort of jeans, potentially jaded London. Mm. I think that's very much like her vibe. Yes. And then just like, you know, cute t-shirt, sort of chunky jewelry, something like that. Like very, yeah. very simple, yet being, I don't know, 500 quid. <laughs> In total, yes. like um, again, that's um, costuming will hopefully progress as we yeah. uh, get further to our performance date. But it, it's just fun thinking of ideas and like again visualizing what our piece will look like. Yeah. Um, I would really I like again we'd have to get it off at AliExpress, but I think it'd be so funny if um, you know, Lucy ends up wearing something like a Prada. Yeah, it's a Prada Dior, I believe. Uh, the like a uh, Maria Maria Grazia. Um, we should all be feminists, sort of six hundred dollar t shirt. Yeah, because uh, it's it's just like you know, there's layers, there's levels to that already. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, we have like a, a rest week, and then um, back to the grind. Um, yeah. Especially with uni on, uh, horrendous. Awful. Um, this is not what I signed up for. Um, <laughs> Sorry, we have to do work at university? It's going to be an R from me. <laughs> Especially, and also, we're not in first year anymore, so this year does count. I um, didn't hear that. So, <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 la. Um, so yeah, we, um, after a lovely week of rest, we then have to combat the reality that we are. We will also have seminars and lectures to go to, yeah. um, as well as... Um, a final week of rehearsals that are looking quite bare at the moment. Um, so th- I think we will get more and more erratic as these podcasts um, progress. Yes. And then we'll find, like, will we suddenly be fine? We hope. Um, yeah. It's going to be... Okay. Do you know that episode of Futurama where everyone's given a $100 bill and everyone, like, it follows multiple people, um... Tell me you have Channel 4 without telling me you had Channel 4 as a kid. <laughs> um, but it, it follows everyone as, you know, they spend this free $100 bill. And Fry's um, whole conquest is just to drink 100 cups of coffee. <laughs> so it's like, you know, three cups in, he's fine. A little jittery. 25 cups. It's like... <laughs> and then it's, you know, it's 97. Like, he is not coherent. Yeah. Like, that's not English he's speaking. And then... <laughs> then, like, a... Ima- I love I love Futurama. I have to preface uh, when he reaches the he when he reaches the hundredth cup of coffee, he reaches he enters a stage of Nirvana, where he just has heightened super speed. Um, and at the same time, there's a massive uh, massive explosion at this I don't know museum something like that. They're all in it, but because he has reached coffee Nirvana, he just saves everyone, saves the day. Um, so that's what I imagine for this. Um, yeah. But we've just got to get through the. The crying and incoherence stage. First, first. 99 coffees. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, all feudal 99 coffees. <laughs> um, so, yeah, do we have any anything else to speak about? I don't think so. I think we've covered everything nicely. No. Um, I guess all we have to say is uh, <laughs> welcome. Thank you for coming to our Frankenstein episode. It's been an absolute doozy. It's been um, wonderful. Yeah. I hope you will join us as we um, interview and interrogate. Each uh, each individual <laughs> cast member, um, for them to never be seen again. Yep. 
that's the end game at least you know exactly yeah two-man production <laughs> um so yeah thank you for coming along and hopefully um we will uh, see you soon. Yes, and thank you so much. See you um, on the 22nd to the 24th at the King's Arm. Come and watch our show. Yeah, I will have to double check that that is the right date. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, thank you so much. Um, let's, let's um, what is it? Outro, outro, outro ourselves out. <laughs> okay, fuck me, that's long. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it.